show, but like, I'd rather dunk on Comrade and Thompson, to be honest. We can do both. And we will do both right now. Oh, Phoenix! Hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I mean, you're just going to replace me. Shut up! Miranda Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? And Greg DeMarco. You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. It is Tuesday, as I lose my earbud, Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022, uploaded on Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022, Greg DeMarco, Patrick O'Dell, Greg DeMarco Show. I always like to give the date, whatever, just for historical purposes, but we are literally in the middle of like one of the craziest time periods ever in the world of professional wrestling. It'll be a show of firsts and a show of last because we've got Triple H's first pay-per-view premium live event at the helm of, of WWE Creative and SummerSlam 2022. And we got Ric Flair's last, final, last, ever, last retirement, final, last match that took place the day after in Nashville, Tennessee, which we will talk about as well. And we're right in the middle of it. We're right in the middle of it all. You know, it's funny, Patrick O'Dowd, the Attitude Era, when it happened, like, we didn't have social media the way we do now. We didn't have all that stuff. We didn't realize it until months, year later. Holy crap, like, everything has changed. Like, like it, it's, it's, right. we are smart enough now and we have a billion different people screaming it at us on, uh, wrestling news sites and on social media that, that we're in the, at the precipice of this big, massive shift in the world of pro wrestling. And maybe that ends up being a disappointment. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? We obviously have thoughts on that. Um, and we'll talk about them, all that stuff and more on this week's edition of the Greg DeMarco show. Chairshot Radio Network, go to chairshot.com. Always use your head. We're all over the place. iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, so many more. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications, leave a five-star review, do all of it. Go follow it on Twitter at Chairshot Media, at Chairshot Greg, and at Wrestling Realist. So he doesn't yell at me like he did last week. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. That's right. There is no I in wrestling, but there is one and realist and there is one in patrick and there is one in friend for the best friend for the wrestling realist for the patrick patrick o'dowd we're, we're having it thanks man it's, it's why well, i mean you had to get it all in there you had to get it all in there you, you did well you did well i i appreciate you um that whole spiel has calling, grown over the pre, years pre pre calling me out after you know being critical of you 
not doing your thing. Like that was your thing. It is my thing. I, I was just, I just noted that it was your thing and you didn't do it. So and it's grown. That um, thing has grown over the years of us doing yeah, this. The, the, the NG know, has gotten more pronounced. To, to, and and all the things that go along with it um, have, right. have just added on and piled on as we've gone along. Going back to the days where we couldn't see each other while we do this, uh, I can't even imagine. Oh, I can't even imagine not being able to see. People I podcast. The days of doing a podcast on a landline phone. <laughs> I don't even have one of those. I don't even know how. Do you have a landline phone still? No, no, no. We're I'm surprised. We're, we're not, you, we're not old people. Pe- you would strike me as a person that would still have to have a landline phone. Uh, we did for a while because uh like when we first bought the house, as mm-hmm. this is compelling podcasting here. Uh, but it was that old misguided, you know, having something that, you know, actually the phone lines would have to go down right. for you not be able to contact him. Like it was like old man, Patrick being like, we should have a landline phone. And then we never used it. And we never used it. We never checked the voicemail. When we built our house a long, long time ago, we had a landline phone and then we moved. Uh, that was the last of our landline phone. So we have not had a landline phone in 14 yeah. years. Yeah, only telemarketers would call it, you know, yeah, the usual usual stuff. And so. I'll still see that number pop up on occasion on something. And it's just like, what number is that? Oh, that's our old landline number. So right. yeah, I, I just can't even can't even imagine the world has changed. The world has, and even when we had it, we had like cordless wireless phones that you had to plug in. So yep. even if the lines weren't down if power was, we were effed anyway. So it didn't matter. Like it just didn't didn't suffice with what we thought it would be. So yeah, that did not last. God, I remember the days of having when I got a phone in my room, like that was the big deal. And, and then we got a second right. line, like you had to press the button and you it was 50-50. You either answered the line or you hung up on the person you were talking to. One of the two happened, um, sometimes both. And you heard the noise. And the first time you ever heard the click boop noise, you were like, what, what? that's a call on the other line. Oh my God. Yeah, right. That's, how do, like, how do, what, what do I do now? It's like when I would sit down when I was in college and I would sit down on the computer and be like, I have email. Now I sit down and I have 9,000 unread messages in my Gmail account. Um, it's actually true. 9,034. So that's. Damn, it's, dude. I just, it's just, you know, I've had this account for shit, 10 years. So yeah, I try to go through and clean it up and unsubscribe from stuff and move things over to the the social tab and the promotions tab and, and the other tab and the this tab. Oh, but yeah, it's just not nice. worth it. Not worth it at all. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about all that stuff and, and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it this week. Um, I don't even know. Like, like it's your week for the list. I don't even know if you came up with a list. Like you're, I, you're Honest to God, we were, talking, we were talking about this before the show. Like, I didn't have time to talk. I don't have time to think about the list. We'll see. <laughs> we got two big that. topics to talk about. So, so the list might right. have to take a week off. I mean, um, if if we have a shorter show, I'm not going to complain, Greg. No, I'm I know just you're done. not. I know you're not. So we will figure that out real quick. Uh, we, we, we've gone long enough to where we can go to commercial. Go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up one of those chair shot t-shirts. That does make things really, really nice um, when, you, when you pick up one of those shirts and, and it looks good and it feels good. Um, you guys know uh, there's lots of designs. There's lots of really good stuff about it. So go do that. Pick up a t-shirt and, um, and, and support the movement, support the cause. There's lots of reasons to do so. 
lots of good that it can do. So we definitely do appreciate people doing it. Also, so you know, if you listen to the show on Wednesday, um, there's a sale going on starting the summer sale at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot going from 1 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday, August 26th or August 6th, excuse me, um, not August 26th. That'd be a really long sale. Uh, 1 p.m. Wednesday to 1 p.m. Saturday of this week only. Receive 20% off your order plus free shipping to the U.S. on orders over $150 by using the promo code SUMMERTIME. So again, 20% off using that promo code SUMMERTIME. Take advantage of it. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Look, you know what's there. You know what we got. We got shirts for the podcast. We got all kinds of shirts. Uh, we got the wrestling promotion shirts, whatever. Just, just go pick them up. You'll like them. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. If you're listening to this in real time, promo code SUMMERTIME. Or maybe you're listening to this, but it's, it's like August 3rd of 2024. It's probably the same sale, probably the same promo code. Promo code SUMMERTIME. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Save 20% with the promo code SUMMERTIME. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So SummerSlam was this weekend, and there's a lot to talk about coming out of SummerSlam. There's no way we can talk about all of it. Uh, but uh, it's it just some, you know, obviously people know by now, Farmer Brock went Farmer Brock and moved an entire ring with a tractor uh, one of, uh, one of my many favorite, there's so many favorite lines of the night that I had commentary was just out of this world for SummerSlam, but Michael Cole freak legitimately freaked out when the ring shifted like three feet towards the commentary table before the, the, the tractor picked it up. And he was just like, Brock's moving the ring with a goddamn tractor. Like that's what Michael Cole said. And and it was so, so sent me, it was actually Miranda sent me a picture today of it's like when, uh, there's a series of Michael Cole gifts now that are like, you know, he's swearing in them and it says right. Sasha Banks returns. It's fucking boss time. Just made me smile so big because it would be, it would be fucking boss time. And, uh, Indeed. I mean, just, just how, how good would that be? I don't even know where the it's boss time was, soundbite went. I was like, I like how you're, I like watching you. Search, you can tell, you can tell like, what I'm trying, looking for. You're trying it's boss time. It's boss time. It's boss time. It's boss time. It's boss time in Brooklyn. For that reason only, she has to return on SmackDown. Like she can't right. come back on Raw because then it would be. Corey Graves or Jimmy Smith or Byron Saxon. Like, he has to come back on SmackDown. Um, plus, we just had three major debuts for the Raw roster for the women. So, there's that as well. Right, right. Yeah, you um, can't, can't really mess with that. No. But but commentary, to me, was fantastic. God. One of my favorite lines, Corey Graves 
Well, Pat McAfee drinks beer with a fan after he beats Baron Corbin, who sucks, by the way. Um, hey, you yes. know what? Let's just get that out of the way. We should get it all in. It's time for another edition of Baron Corbin Sucks. He made Pat McAfee look like a million bucks, but don't you forget, Baron Corbin still sucks. That'll do it for this week's edition of Baron Corbin Sucks. Look at you, Ben. That, oh. that should be the new rule. Baron Corbin Sucks should have to rhyme. That Fuck should... that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, no. I'm just, I'm, you, you can when, heckle me When it's his turn care. to do Baron Corbin Sucks, don't expect a rhyme because Patrick gives no fucks. I can do this all day. That'll do it for this week's edition of Baron Corbin Sucks. Hey, you do you. We're 12 minutes in and the show might have peaked with the Baron Corbin Sucks rhyme. Who knows? But him drinking with a fan and then Corey Graves saying, last time I tried to drink on the job, you sent me home for a week to Michael Cole. Yeah. It's just so fantastic because it's true i just didn't get a ton of play when it happened like it's just so yeah bad. i um i also liked the uh when mcafee after winning the match he walked by the commentary table to like acknowledge and like Corey graves goes to shake his hand and mcafee does like the fuck you both like uh-huh. blow off Suck and graves yeah. like yeah and then graves just kind of like acts like he was like straightening his hair so i don't remember it was funny when those uh, guys are friends, like they live right. near each other, Graves literally talks about how he drives by Plum County, which has a home of Pat McAfee sign apparently, um, whenever he's driving home. And he's been on the Pat McAfee show. I think Pat McAfee's been on his show as well. If Graves ever comes out of retirement to wrestle, it'd probably be against Pat McAfee. Um, I mean, why makes not? sense. You know, why, why not at all? Like, do we ever see Corey Graves wrestle? In Ring of Honor or on the Indies, did we ever see Sterling James Keenan wrestle? Yeah, I think we did. Do we? I, I we absolutely did because we've. It took me a minute to remember the name, but yeah, we definitely have seen Sterling James Keenan. As as you, so. as you as you as you. Yeah, I mean, there's no, no way sure. I'm going to find it, but yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to check and see. So. Yeah, I'm sure we did. Like, like we had to have. Seen yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's no way. Somewhere um, in a four corner survival match or something in in right because that's what we did. Dorchester, Massachusetts. That's right. <laughs> I jogged to the um, Dorchester traffic. If I see one right. more super kick, um, uh, yeah, I just remember the yeah, first indie show I ever go to, and it's because uh, back then Ring of Honor was was you know was what it was. And we're we're driving into an armory surrounded by barbed wire fence in a dodgy suburb of Boston. And I'm like, why are we here? Like, just why is this the spot? And um, they would find better New England locations. They would. Um, and they had better New England locations before then. It just was probably what's available. What I loved then, and I still love now, is that we were in Dorchester. But if we went further up the road, we would not have been in Worcester. We would have been in right. Worcester, but we weren't in Duster. We were in Dorchester. So, yeah, we were in Dorchester. Yeah, very true. Very true. By the way, um, SummerSlam was a was a nice reminder for me that mm-hmm. uh, the Miz is the best at what he does. Oh my God, so good. Um, and Logan Paul, damn good. Like, like 
Just yeah, you know, Logan Paul born to be a pro wrestler, in my opinion. Yeah, he he he's looking the part and he's he's doing well. And the, and the match was was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, you know, you got AJ Styles um, jumping in and sticking his nose in on Chompa there, which and maybe we'll and I'm sure we'll talk about it raw. But that spot to end that triple threat match um, was Beautiful. was a lot of fun. A little obvious, a but still fun. like not obvious, but like a little contrived, but still cool enough. But to where it works. I mean, have you watched an AEW show? Like, there's yes. plenty of contrived spots in professional wrestling. Of course. It's okay. Um, but anyway, now, no. In, a, in AEW, that spot would not have ended the match either. So No, no. He would have kicked out. Um, but just the, the way The Miz, he's, the way, the way the, he is just, the way he is as a heel and as an asshole and, and as a guy, you just you want to see get his get his ass handed to him every time he steps in the ring. It's it's amazing, and it's he's extraordinarily talented at what he does, and he makes like he Logan Paul probably would have been fine with whoever he like worked with had they broke him in with somebody else, but the Miz was the absolute right way to break him in in his initial you know, appearances and then to be, you know, the match that, that is, that is his big headliner singles match was like the Miz made Logan Paul better. He makes everybody better. He does. But in the, in this particular case, you really saw, in my opinion, you really saw why the Miz is so valued in that company. Yeah. I mean, last year it was bad bunny. This year it was Logan Paul. Like, and and yeah, Logan Paul maybe could have done that with other people, but maybe not. Like the Miz is literally people talk about how you know you know you know Kevin Riley, whatever his name was, Alex Riley, he didn't really make it. John Morrison, like a lot of the Miz lackeys, don't really you know make it in the long run. But like Daniel Bryan, Danielson was one of his lackeys, like kicked off his WWE right. career, and, and they intersected multiple times, and. You know, and then of course you got Logan Paul. Like Logan Paul should not be a babyface. He should be a heel. Like he is, uh, he's right, a right, punchable right. face. He looks like he's not likable. Everything. The Miz turned him into a babyface. Then he was a perfect now. opponent yeah, because right. the Miz trained him essentially. Like, yeah, there, there's all that video on there, and it's not like they stopped training together after after the WrestleMania no, 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 no. situation. He started training with AJ Styles. Of course he did. Yes. Yeah, he but, picked up some picked up some pointers. And the AJ interference would not have happened before the change in leadership, in my opinion. Especially Probably not. Especially not with the music playing. Like, it's really funny because, as you know, as you joked about earlier, I, I'm a promoter. I think that was off, off air before I started recording. But um, right. the veterans hate it if we play someone's theme song in the middle of a match as a distraction or somebody to come out. Like, that would never happen. And I'm like, none of this would ever happen. Like none of this, we're we're in the middle of a fantasy world, and right, and right, right, right. But music pops people, and and we're here to create moments, and we're here to create things. Because you'll hear fans talk about it when that guy's music went off, I went crazy. But you don't ever hear oh, yeah. when that guy ran out, and I didn't know who it was, I went crazy like that. Like the, the music is a big freaking deal, um, and yeah. they did it I multiple mean, times during SummerSlam, almost too much. Right. Well, you know, we're hold off, Greg, on on criticizing Triple H and that creative direction right now. You have two weeks and then the backlash 
can start. You think you two weeks is all it's going to take? I, I mean, with this fickle WWE crowd, who knows? Maybe six months. We'll see. You, you know what I mean. You know what I'm getting at, though, is there will be the things that, that will be hallmarks of, of you know, what we would presume to be Triple H um, creative that will then become the criticisms that people will hang their hat on. Well, and, and, and that's something I wanted to get to, to be honest with you, um, later. Yep. But at least in my head, we'll get to it now. Let me give you an example. Okay. They do the storyline injury for, for Matt Riddle with Seth Rollins. He hits him with the stomp on the on the stair contraption. They say that Riddle suffered a stinger, can't work, not cleared. Riddle does a run in. Um, Rollins comes out. Again, we get Rollins music, even though why would they even have his music prepared when he wasn't supposed to wrestle, right? But but still, I love it. Rollins comes out, they brawl, there's a stomp, all of that. And I realized, and I didn't realize this until I was driving home today from, from the CrossFit gym. If they did that spot and Vince was in charge, people would have hated it. Probably. Like there is, Triple H is getting some of that Tony Khan AEW. Well, yeah, you get that. I mean, that's, that's true in just about anything. Though, they would have been like, is... why not just have the match? Why did you have to do all this? But with Triple H, they're like, oh, they found a way to get him on the cards. This is amazing. Like, how brilliant is this? Like, there this is, is the Triple H colored glasses that... Well, right. It's the, it's the honeymoon phase. Like, we're in the honeymoon but phase. But AEW's like, been in the honeymoon phase for three years. This may well, not go no, honey, No, no. AEW's in a delusional phase with a very select yeah. group of people that is a sliver of whatever in a non-existent wrestling war. Uh, and they're like, you've talked about this on the show. AEW knows who their audience is and what they love to see. And they just give that to them. And they have no and, desire to build a new audience. And, and, and that's the thing. Is, like, I don't, I, I still, I've tried. Um, I've had people DM me and be like, I'd love to talk to you about why, you know, what I think is great about AEW. And I, I don't have the time. Yes. And tell Sam you patient. Like literally. no, it's not. It's not. But I had more than, than than that. But he hits me up and he he wants me to come on. I think he wanted me to come on and do something this summer. But I don't know if it ever happened. But and, it just, and it's yeah. just like and, and, will, and but, so we're yeah. right. There is a like the honeymoon period with Tony Khan was the initial run in ratings and viewership in AEW's infancy, and right. as people started and as people started to see redundancies, as they started to see a roster glut as they started to see what I would argue is directionless rest uh, as a directionless wrestling program. Like, I don't know where they're going except in a circle. And like, I almost, I almost texted you this question as we somehow end up bagging on AEW. I keep seeing everybody's talking about how great of a year John Moxley's having. And I'm like, is he though? Like, What's special about what John Moxley's doing that is different from what I've seen out of John Moxley and AEW previously? Is he doing something new or is he just prominent again, doing the same stuff he's always done since he left the WWE? Like is a new opponents? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. He's um, well, the chains are off now. He he gets to be himself. He gets to do what he wants to do. Like, okay. and he was but largely that, that at the end years. of his WWE run too. But right. He also so, sold it as that himself. John Moxley right. did. I mean, and, but he then ran, the, like he then walked a lot of those comments back. 
like that initial talk is Jericho interview that he did. He later said that's how he felt in the moment and doesn't necessarily feel that way anymore. Uh, cause right. he, he, he's had his run. He's had all this, you know, this is, you know, in between being world champion and being interim world champion and all that. Um, but, but it, so, yeah, it, 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 but, but back to WWE, right. cause that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. I was going to say circling it back to, I do, H. I do believe we are watching through Triple H colored glasses. And I literally came to that realization today and I'm okay with it. Um, because the one thing I, I still remember, like I watched NXT with Triple H colored glasses and I loved it all along and I never stopped loving right. the NXT that he put on. So I have faith that he can continue to change and evolve. So it's always been one of his catchphrases, right? Evolve or perish um, to, to where I won't take the glasses off, I guess. But I do believe right. had this exact same show been put on under the leadership of Vince McMahon, it would have been well reviewed because it was good. But I think right. that the, there would have been – you would have sat down and expected there, to want to there, complain about WWE. Right. There, there would be There would be folks out there – I think this is true for either, you know, any, either of the major promotions around there. There's just this, there's a group that is going to poke holes just to poke holes on it. And I've, I mean, we've talked about that on the show. Like I, I would sit there and be like, well, I thought raw was an entertaining show. And there'd just be like eight people being like, this was crap. And they did this decision, this decision, this decision. They were all terrible. And this makes no sense. And fuck WWE. Um, the concept of change is still looming large in a lot of those folks too. Like that triple H colored glasses thing that you're talking about this, but I already saw somebody um, on Twitter after raw was over, be like, well, this was built. This was built as some like monumental raw, some big deal raw. It didn't really feel like they went like, like it was that big of a deal. And I just found that really interesting because I wanted to be like, you know, did did USA bill it as the, you know, a big monumental raw? Did the WWE bill it as a monumental raw, or did everybody else like? Did we see somebody maybe write it or say it on a radio show that this is going to be a monumental raw, or you know, this is going to be this like? big landscape shifting raw that's going to make a statement. And, you know, it wasn't that it was a very good, solid show. I would, I would say, you know, uh, and I didn't watch the entirety of raw last yeah. night. I just, I just, I just didn't get to it. But from what I saw out of it, it was, you know, I saw Bailey come, you know, Bailey back again. I saw EO sky, which I'm still having trouble saying, uh, I'm just, I just never called her anything other than Yoshirai. Right. Um, like I saw her match. Um, and, and it was, it was great, but yeah, like they just started their next stories. They started yeah. progressing the, 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 the fall off from SummerSlam. It wasn't some monumental show. Like I, mean, I saw people, wasn't. I saw people saying it was going to be a raw after WrestleMania sort yeah. of show yeah and, and, yeah, I, think and I was like yeah what I creates it. What, what it had that buzz to it on social yeah. media anyway and that's normal but it it and and the difference is there's still a plan there's always a plan whether people like it or not right. there's always been a plan plan's always been there 
The big difference now is the execution that's there. Like that's the big yeah. difference is the execution. And that's what uh, Ooh, the execution I did have a different. question. Do do you do you have any knowledge uh whether the commercial free first hour was always the plan or was that um, something that came up? I'd be I, really interested to know that because I think that that was it was funny to watch it because they still paced the show as if there were commercial breaks. I have a feeling I don't think it was the plan all along because why? Right? Why right, would this right. we're not in sweeps, we're not in we're still in rerun phase right now. So like there's really, there was no major competition. Like there was no reason to do it. Um, so, so I don't, there's no reason to plan it and, and do it that way. And raw doesn't usually use picture in picture and they use picture in picture as well. Uh, so I don't know if WWE asked for it. I don't know if USA asked for it, but I do think it was a last minute decision. Um, and, and, and I can ask, I mean, I get the answer, but, I do think that Triple H, it does seem, and this is just me and, and my intuitive nature and what I'm seeing, it does seem like he and USA are getting along very well. And and, and they're happy. Right, 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 right. And, and, and I'm sure USA paid closer attention to the creative element than they normally would have because it's always been Vince who they dealt with. And, and, and if you believe the rumors that Vince's resignation – was in the works about 10 days beforehand. That's not a whole ton of time for USA to know, be advised, plan, all of that. And so I'm sure the people they dealt with closely were Stephanie and Triple H and Nick Khan. So, so I'm sure maybe it's a vote of confidence for Triple H. Somebody had the idea and it was approved. Um, right. And if you've listened to Eric Bischoff talk about it on, on 83 Weeks, when you eliminate advertising – You've got to make it up somewhere else, make goods, whatever. And so it was a process and that shows a a degree of faith in WWE. So that's where maybe WWE, because I do believe the the word statement show is being thrown around. It's like one of the hot buzzwords right now. I do believe Triple H wanted to make a splash because he, he only had a small window. Like he's got, he knew people were going to be watching to see what he would do. And so he had to do it now because if it took him six weeks to implement all, you know, change that he wanted to implement, people would have already been like same old shit, and they're not gonna not gonna tune into it. So I right. do think there's that element to where he had to do that, where he had to uh, had to do something, and I think that's why he did things like bringing in EO Sky and Dakota Kai along with Bailey, which you know was was reportedly an idea that Vince shot down back in like April. Um, before Dakota Kai was released and then she was released and now she's been brought back. Um, one person, when I said like, who had that on their bingo card? One person was like, oh, I knew Dakota Kai was going to be the first one he brought back. I was like, shut up. No, you didn't. No, get the fuck out of town. There's no way. I would have, I I believe the people who said Sasha, who who did the Sasha and Naomi, like that one makes a lot more sense, but uh, come on. You know, it's interesting because there was, when, when Finn Balor came up to the main roster, there was an episode of Raw that had, you know, two, uh, you know, two four-way matches. Finn Balor won one. Roman Reigns won the other. Finn Balor beat Roman Reigns to go to SummerSlam to wrestle Seth Rollins to become the new Universal Champion, and Finn Balor won. Like that was years. That was 2016 or whatever. Like like yep. Finn Balor 2017, whenever Balor came up, and that was you know somewhere between six and four years ago probably five years ago. And that was a, 
that could have been a statement or all. Like, like it's just these things have happened right, before, right. and so right. we're putting what, them all together. What do? To me, it's not the booking; it's it's the little things that make a difference. Yeah, it's the commentary, which is so different. It, it, it's so night and day. It's things like Tommaso Ciampa coming out victorious the, the the end of the night, even if Miz was involved or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's things like the women and the focus that the women got. Um, and, yeah, somebody uh, said it was like what. 18, like almost 20 minutes worth of, yeah, um, like meaningful mm-hmm. content for the yeah. women. And so. we have not, since Triple H took over, we have not seen the 24 7 championship. I don't think it's gone. I think he's trying to figure out what to do with it. And it's like, right. I've got higher priorities right now. We're going to figure out what to do with those well, things. You, you, you talk about that. Uh, you talk about subtle differences, the, just the way they even repackaged the, uh, the importance of the USA, mm-hmm. uh, the United States championship like a significant segment on the United States championship and, and its lineage over, over multiple companies, which I like, I didn't, and I don't think that that, which is fine if you didn't love it, but why didn't you love it? I guess. Cause I, I don't I'm want not, the U S championship to be the top championship on raw. I want oh, yeah, well, raw to have its own world title because I, well, we need secondary titles to build up talent. Triple H was an intercontinental champion before he was ever world champion. Like right. we need, I don't, I don't know that that segment, I, I know, I know that's what people keep believing. I don't know mm-hmm. that that segment told, you know, screamed to me top title in, in the brand. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think that'll right. get over with an audience, no matter who's booking the show. I'm sorry. You just yeah. don't like, I mean, say, if yeah, it's yeah, ever going to work versus, it's going to work with Lashley. Like he's a superhero. And right. And yet somebody's still got to beat Lashley and it's going to go into the land of the tag teams where it's going to be somebody that's credible to beat Lashley, but not quite there. And then you if, if Tommaso Ciampa does, then, then that's, yeah, it's right. not the top title on raw. Maybe, and maybe they are going to do what I want. And maybe Lashley's the guy they want to do it with. So they got to get this title off of him first. So yeah, they can do who that. Who knows? I yeah, just I just don't see it because as as silly as it sounds, calling something something a world title or a world championship, that's what means Yeah. And like I said, they'd, they'd be they'd have more luck creating a new one. Um But you also want you also want those secondary titles to matter, right? Like we talk about this with the intercontinental title all the time. Like it, it's been a running joke at different times. Who's the intercontinental champion? And everybody kind of looks around the room a little bit and is like, oh wait, yeah, it is. Who is the Intercontinental Champion? Gunther. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah. So they have the right people in place to establish those two titles right now, in my opinion. Right. Like, one's a former world champion, which does defeat the purpose of a secondary title. But Gunther is perfect as a secondary champion and, and can get right. built up that way. And I like that. Um, and we'll see where it goes, but I'm open to it. Um, but it's just, again, it's all the subtle little things, the way some finishes were different. I know both major women's matches didn't have finishes and that bothered some people, but you're establishing this new group and you don't want Alexa or Asuka to lose. You can't have Bianca or EO. Like, like Bianca could have beaten EO and EO could have shown out and it would have been okay, but this was better. Like you didn't need EO to lose next week. If it's Dakota, you don't want her to lose either. Like they just got there. And, and we don't want to have them, them lose and get beat. Um, you know, so I'm excited about that. Turning Becky Lynch back to be the man and, and turning her back as babyface. 
um, I think was the plan regardless of the injury. And, and when she comes back, she's going to take off like crazy and probably oh, yeah. get that one-on-one match with Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. I just, I'm willing to admit that I am wearing Triple H colored glasses because I've long loved Triple H. Sure. So it, it's going and to happen. But he's also doing okay. it. Like the proof it, is in the pudding. Yeah, own, own, your, own your bias. That's yeah. fine. Like, you should. We should all own our biases when it comes to what we enjoy and what we view. Um, but it's been good. But it's been really good. Yeah, what it's, did been, you, it's been You being somewhat more traditional than I, what did you think of the whole tractor thing? Oh, I, I mean, it was a, it was a, to me, it was a throwback, um, to the, yeah. you know, to the nineties to, 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 to the beer Austin. bash, to the milk truck, to all that yep. stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, uh, I rolled my eyes at somebody who, I don't know if they, if it was, I can't remember if it was a meme or if it was just a status. I may have seen it off of your thread actually, where somebody was like, imagine paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for a ticket and not being able to see the other side of there. I was like, I'm sorry. If you were front and center for the, the side where they lifted the fucking ring, you're losing your shit. And they, you're and losing they your shit. And, and so I got into an argument with somebody, somebody who I really like, because he said that on his own too, separate from, from the, the picture that that's going around. He's like, I would be so effing pissed, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, you were front and center for a moment. People are going to talk about it for two decades. And and then I showed him a picture. It's like everyone's got their phone out. Well, you would show a picture from the moment it happened and not five minutes. And, and then he was like, I would have been annoyed. Did, like, and he went from would have like, been yeah. fucking pissed to being mildly annoyed. Like, so he it's, moved the goalpost big but, time. Like, what the fuck ever? Like, and that's, and those are the people that will start. Like, that's a nitpicky thing. Oh yeah, Even they're going to pick. They're going to pick nits. On like it's H. such a, it's such a, it's such a nit to pick. But um, you know, for so long, a, a subset of the, the people who watch the WWE, I, w- I won't call them fans yet, because are they are they really? They they've hate watched the WWE mm-hmm. begging for stuff like this, um, and then like I said, are probably the same people who will nitpick it and bitch about it if. You know, just to do it, but um, that was a that was a moment for them. That whole show, like you talk about, just like you you talked about commentary stuff. It just looked the feel of matches mm-hmm. was different too, and, and even even the you know the main event, like you you got yourself a, an old attitude era moment, right? You know, or ruthless aggression era moment, like the, that sort of window of time, mm-hmm. and. It was fine. Was it? Did I love it? Not particularly. Um, but it, I wasn't. It was. I wasn't like. I wasn't entertained. Right. I wasn't mad at it. You don't bring that thing out with the fucking forks and not know that he's going to lift something. Right. I mean, and he very easily could have like li- he did dump Roman at one point. He could have just lowered right. the thing down on top of Roman, and he couldn't have gotten up, and then and then Brock right. won the match. Um, but the visual of Brock standing on it, cutting his little promo. <laughs> The mic thing that I did, he was probably supposed to throw that the mic I, to the ground, but the way that Roman just caught it. And, and I mean, that was just, and then winked at him like that was, you look like he was about to crack too. Cause I'm sure that wasn't right. supposed to happen. There was a report that the, the Sheamus and Drew McIntyre match from some, from SmackDown was literally like called in the ring and called on the fly, which would not happen normally. Um, and, and supposedly there's a lot less like the promos are now being 
bullet pointed and not scripted unless a talent needs it. Like all the things that people have wanted. And I'm sure these are things that Triple H wanted. Like what I am seeing is, is the right shifts in the right places. And, and we're going to talk about that, um, later. Uh, there's something that I want to talk about with that, but all in all, I will be, cause, cause you know, uh, um, we're WWE apologists, right? We always, we always talk about what's great and never complain. Oh yeah, absolutely. I thought the Usos versus the Street Profits was the worst match that those two teams have ever wrestled at SummerSlam. Yeah, it was okay. It was slow, and they don't do slow. <laughs> but a lot of people complained about the Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair match at WrestleMania, and the problem that match had was that it was an arena match that took place in a stadium. And yep. to me, the match that the Street Profits and the Usos did – they had to do that in a 70,000 seat stadium. I know there weren't 70,000 people, but there were 70,000 seats. And so you've got to play it to it as if you're playing to 70,000 people. And if they did a typical Uso Street Profits match, it wouldn't have worked for the people in the rafters. It wouldn't have worked for that. Plus you had the Jeff right. Jarrett factor. Um, and, and so it was the match right. they had to have. It was, that, that was such a weird, like the Jeff Jarrett element was just always odd. Like, but they worked it. They worked it. I mean, yeah, sure. I get it. Nashville, Jeff Jarrett. And like, it just was odd. Like, and a lot of people wanted the Street Profits to win. People think the Street Profits not going to break up. Like, they don't see the break writing up. on the wall. They literally said it on Raw. I know. Like, yeah, I, literally. Or did they, they say it? Was it on Raw or SummerSlam where Graves, I swear to God, somebody is like, well, they've been teasing they the issues between up. them and, and that they're going to break up. And then during the promo, it's it's always Dawkins who says they're not going to break up. It's never Montez Ford. And then they went to do right. rock, paper, scissors on Raw for the match with Rollins. And Montez takes off. And Montez grabs the ref and takes off. Like, they're not the new day. They're going to break up. Okay? Like, it's going to happen. Right. Because Tez is a star and Dawkins isn't. I got this guy on, I don't know if it was Twitter or Facebook or whatever, but I, they're like, what do you do with Dawkins? And I've said, send him to NXT. Send him back to Repackage, NXT. Repackage, yeah. Repackage him. And they're like, but he's over. And I was like, is he over or are the Street Profits over? Tez is over. We know right. that at this point. And say, you know, the best ex- the best example that you can give to, to wrestling fans that, that illustrates your point, mm-hmm. Sean or Marty. Sean or Marty, Matt and Jeff. Uh, in the right. WWE anyway. but, Even Edge I mean, and Christian. Like, it's yeah. always been... And they didn't have NXT back then. But because here's the thing, like, like they'll do a quick feud. Tez will go over. And then Dawkins is like this in this weird position. But but if they put him and they just move him over to SmackDown, like it doesn't make any sense. But if you send him down to NXT for, for six months to a year or whatever, and then he has the opportunity to, to rebuild his, you know, reinvent himself, whatever, be the NXT champion, who knows what, and come back up and come back up opposite Tez. Like now there's that excitement. And but but people they like Dawkins that's great but like he, he ain't the same as Montez Ford like it just no he's not there's there, there's there. a different he'll get that that up you talk you talk about it like just it like Montez Ford oozes it Tez oozes it like crazy so um but I did want to point that out I thought that was one of their worst matches and and that's just kind of yep. the way the way it is um what do you think of the uh, Liv Morgan. Ronda Rousey. That was another one I saw people talk really about a lot. Um, and yep. and Liv, to me, both women's champions on this show, and by the way, not a single title change hands at SummerSlam, which is, has happened before, but is rare. 
both women's champions, both Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan, to me, arrived at SummerSlam. Now, I know people are like, what do you mean Bianca arrived? Like, she main event at WrestleMania, too, you know, in, you know, in 37. But she's been, in my opinion, she's been carried and all. Even the, the WrestleMania match with Becky Lynch this year, like, there were some obvious things that she did wrong. And now I feel like it's finally clicked with her. Like, she's only been on the main, she hasn't right. been, she's been on the main roster for just over two years. Like, to me, it's now working and she is that person you can build around. And, and Becky Lynch did it. And, and you can tell how much Bianca appreciates it. Like, so to me, that was her breakout performance, despite the fact that she's now a multi-time women's champion. But Liv Morgan, like that's, first of all, she's the only person to beat Ronda Rousey twice. One was a cash and one was a disputed finish. And that is what it is. But she, to me, held her own in there with Ronda Rousey, um, which is not easy to do because Ronda is, is not, you know, she's still a, a fighter first and a wrestler second. Um, you know, really she's a judo person first. So it's, it's different. It's different than anything that Liv's ever done. Right. But like Liv is here to stay. Like, like the, the response they've seen to Liv Morgan, the merchandise sales, the way people reacted, how shows like she just has it and, and, and it works and, and it's going to, she's going to be here for a long time. Um, but I, and I thought that match was good. I liked the finish, to be honest with you. Um, right. the fact that she taps out at two, like I thought it was very well done. I love the interplay between Corey Graves and Michael Cole over that and, and the replays where they showed the shoulders first and the tap out second. Like they built that. They suspended Rhonda. She's apparently on, on the books for uh Clash of the Castle. Um and I hope that Liv continues to go over because Liv is is uh she's got that magic to her and, and I want to see it keep going. But yeah, I thought she did great. I thought I enjoyed the match. Um I know some people are like, Liv can't always be the underdog. She's only been, she hasn't even been champion for, she's just now been champion for a month as of today, the day that we're recording right. this. Right. Um, Relax, everybody. So give it time. Um, but I do think, yeah, I, both, they've arrived. Like the perception of the women's division has done a complete 180. And that's without Charlotte Flair. And that's now without Becky Lynch. Like, right. um, and that's without Sasha Banks. And, and it's so it's, it's firing on all cylinders right now. And, and, and as are a lot of things. Um, and I think that's, that's exciting. It's funny because even Mustafa Ali who loses is tweeting about getting opportunity and being happy. Like so many things have changed without, without Vince. Right, right, right. Let's take a commercial and we'll come back and talk about the, the last that we're going to talk about on this show with Rick Flair's last final, last final, last ever last final match. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. So on Sunday, as SummerSlam was on Saturday, uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, headed up by Conrad Thompson, although now supposedly has passed it back on to, to the Crockett family, put on an event called Ric Flair's Last Match. In, in Nashville at the Municipal Auditorium, a site where Ric Flair won three different world championships in his career. Um, and, and it's, it's had a lot of reaction to it. And, yeah. and, and Patrick O'Dowd has some reactions to the reactions. So Patrick, I'll let you take it, set the table where you want to go. Cause I know you've got some thoughts and, and let's hear. Them. Yeah. So I, I, let me start with this. 
I personally did not feel this was a necessary event that I needed to see. However, I also wasn't the one who was wanted this event. And I understand why Ric Flair wanted to do it. Um, but I, and I, and I didn't want to see Ric Flair wrestle in a ring and I didn't pay money to see Ric Flair wrestle. Uh, but all that being said, I don't get the like joy and glee that folks apparently took out of Duncan on Ric Flair and how he looked at this at, at, during this match and after it. Like a 70 something year old man got in the ring and wrestled and busted in blood like he always did. And it looked like a 70 year old man, you know, busted up and, and bleeding. Like it, it did. It did. What? I just, I, I don't get, and I, like, I don't get this just incessant need to, to really put, make a mockery of that. Like, I just, like, that's, and that's what I don't get. Like, I was, I was disappointed that the event happened. I was, you know, I was disappointed at the number of folks who, you know, invested time and money to see it and enable it, which by the way, they got plenty of people to go see it. So if, if you dunked on Ric Flair or complaining that he looked bad, but then attended with, with it wasn't under the Starcast banner, the, you know, he went and attended or, you know, went and saw Ric Flair's last match and then walked around being like, he looked terrible. You, well, what'd you expect? Yeah, you paid for it. It didn't sell out though, um, but it, it was close. No. But, but I just didn't get the 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 dunking on Ric Flair, like the like people drawing caricatures, putting them on Facebook, making the dude of me. Um, really, just going after a guy's dignity when it just is it's it's uncalled for and wrong, right? In my opinion, like whether you thought he should have done it or not, whether whether you, you whether you felt it was making a mockery of something or or not. Like, you just felt like you were kicking a dude just to kick a dude. And, they and that's, and and that's they, weird. And, and you're exactly right. Here's why, in my opinion. If we were to do the research, all the people who are sharing these things about Ric Flair, if we were to go back and find what groups they're in, whatever, they were probably the ones saying they didn't want it. They were probably the ones saying it's going to be horrible. They were probably, And so to me, they feel vindicated. They feel like... They were proven right. Therefore, they have the go-ahead to do this. Twitter, social media, as I said, have you met Twitter when we texted about it? Like, all that aside, right. because that's an assumption. Like, they feel like they were proven right, and now to the victor go the spoils. They feel like they've won something, and now they're going to celebrate it. But, and, th- and that's stupid, because you haven't right. won shit, right? You haven't won anything. Ric Flair right. still Ric Flair. You're still some... Fat ass with a neck beard, eating Cheetos in your mom's basement, going to work at a job you hate, and hiding behind a keyboard, trying to live a life that, that you don't really live. Um, but I will say this. Ric Flair has turned Ric Flair into a caricature. Oh, yeah. And when you turn yourself into a caricature, you open that door. And he opened that sure. door. And Conrad Thompson has turned a lot of things into caricatures. And and did himself no favors in the way that he promoted this. Now it worked. 
he is the used car salesman promoter. And, and the guy yeah. sells mortgages and he's, he's very old school. So he sells mortgages the old school way, right? You know, it's at that car dealership where the owner of the dealership's like, uh, you know, you can trust Todd. Come on down. Like that's Conrad, right? Um, it didn't help that his wife got involved. Like Conrad's wife got involved, Ric Flair's daughter. That Conrad was the one who threw the brass knuckles in the ring. Like he came off as the marquee promoter doing this. That spills right. over into the fans' opinion of the shows. But Ric Flair is the easier target. Um, sure. And, and, and cause he's the bigger, the bigger name of all of it. So Conrad Thompson deserves some of the blame of that as well. Um, he actually made a great point on social media that I think it was on social media. I don't think it was on a show where people were like, why do this? And his point was like, if Ric Flair wants to do it, then what's the big deal? What's the problem? Um, right. But there is that element of protecting people from themselves. Now, when I step back, there were like 11 matches on this card. And they were all between five and seven minutes long, except for Ric Flair's last match. Like, yep. the first well, ever card I put on, I, I did too much. I had eight matches yep. when I should have had six. I had like a three-way and five-way and whatever. Like, it's just, you had this vision in your head. You wanted to fill it in. You want to do that. Like, that match should have been six matches plus the one on the pre-show at most. Like, you had... Big name stars that cost you a lot of money work for five minutes. You didn't need to do that. You had the AAA four-way. You didn't need the super indie guy four-way. Did you really need Karrion Cross and Harry Smith to go five minutes? I don't think you did. You know, did you need a bunkhouse battle royal that you didn't even properly name bunkhouse stampede? No, you didn't. Like, it's just, you know, the Briscoes and the Von Erics, like, it's just he's just too much in history. He's he's Cody Rhodes and AEW started. It's all about history, history, history. Right. Um, it's interesting that this is the first time he's tagged along WWE and not AEW. Um, and and I'm mm-hmm. sure. And if he were tagging along with AEW, Jarrett might may not even be involved. But it's there's just a lot of things that go wrong that whatever. But like to me, at the end of the day, it was a one off. So it's not like AEW that we got to deal with twice a week plus all the social media bullshit. Right. It's a one-off, and it was harmless. Even to Rick I think himself. so, too. Like, it was right. harmless, and it's just not a big deal. And it won't be a big deal in a week. Whereas Tony yeah, Khan will I, still I mean, be stupid Tony Khan. Triple H will right. still be Triple H colored glasses. That stuff's not going away. This Ric Flair's last match will not be talked about a week from now, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it won't. Outside of if you listen to Conrad podcast. Here's the one thing I will wonder about out loud. Because this is a real thing that happens to a lot of people. Did he catch the bug? Because I hope not. I hope not as well. I'm with you. I hope not. God, I hope not. Now, if he caught the bug in the sense that he's going to do go back to doing StarCast on a yearly or twice a year basis and he puts on a card to go along with it, whatever. That's fine. But if he uh, tries to promote, promote. No, he's not the guy, brother. I don't think he is the guy either. But and I and, and I mean, like, I get it. Like, it's a drug. It's addictive. You would know it is. There's a high to it. It's different than the high that wrestlers get in the ring. Like there's right. a high to it. There really is. When you put it on and it works and you see it and you hear it, especially when you hear it, 
Like now he was sitting yeah. front row, like he was doing all the dumb things you shouldn't do. He made himself part of the show and like, you shouldn't do that. But. Which is why I don't on. think he'll do it. Cause I'm hoping he's. Yeah. Cause he got the glory. Stuff. And when you promote for glory, um, which is, uh, there's a, there's a wrestler out there, um, who will sit there and tell you all the reasons why I promote. He's a brilliant wrestler. He's a, he's a local guy here, but just a brilliant wrestler. Um, and he'll tell you there's different reasons why people promote. And it's funny because then I see it and he doesn't promote himself and he never would. But, um, and, and he should go further in this business, but he just doesn't put himself out there. Like he will tell you, you promote for this reason, this reason, this reason, and this reason. And like he's dead on. And glory is one of those reasons. And Conrad Thompson promoted right. that for glory. Yeah. Because I think he's always wanted and, to do and, it. Well, and it's, and you can see it again. You can see it in, like if you follow the guy on social media, if you listen to any of his podcast, like people butter him up. Of course Hard. they do. Like he's another money mark. He, the show was well, and, and that's what, and I think it's so funny because, like, you know, he's sitting there interviewing, like, or you know, doing a podcast with Eric Bischoff, and Eric's talking about how great he is. And I'm not saying that Conrad Thompson hasn't done great things, but at some point, I'm like, okay. Can we like this guy is not that special? No, like, he just, just not. he he struck gold with Bruce Pritchard, right? He struck it again with Eric Bischoff. He's got the other ones that do well, but they don't do Bischoff and Pritchard levels of well, um, right? Bischoff's going to kiss his ass because he's basically getting a whole six figure income yearly off of podcasting with Conrad, which he never thought would have been right. possible. He gets to literally work for a few hours every week and Bischoff enjoys it. That's why he does the ad free show stuff on their Patreon and all that. Like he's having fun. So Bischoff is very thankful that this human being exists and has come into his life. Um, so I get Bischoff's perspective on it. The other people that are kissing their asses because that's wrestling. You hope you can be there someday. Well, you you hope. And I I will say that, you know, for some of these, like, like Arn Anderson, um, Jim Ross to a, a certain extent, Tony Schiavone. Uh, there's also, there is a feeling of relevancy and there is a, a feeling of being valued on their part that I do think it is fair to examine as well. Like, like, I don't, I like, we know, like people know more about, I, I would say Arn in particular and Tony because of Conrad and his podcast. Right. And that makes them feel good. As it should. Like, and I don't even think that it's not, I don't even think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like Arn Anderson's podcast is literally just a month by month retelling of his career. It's, it's at times interesting. It's often redundant, but Arn's happy doing it. Um, Shivani's, which I listened to for a little while. That was a like a watch along podcast for a long yeah. time. I don't even know what it is. I stopped. I stopped listening for a while. I've listened today. to it like once and just couldn't. Because like watch along, like if you're not actually watching along, and it's really dang hard to do, um, and really get anything out of it. Um, it it's tough, and and he's added so many. He's added so many other names to his to his network that. Uh, you know, he's got himself a nice little empire and ego stroke, um, but it works both ways. Like, and it, and it cuts both ways because the talent that's on there, it makes them feel good as well. And he's making and, a lot of money. And they're making, and they're, right. And they are making money and they are getting 
to interact with fans and people and, and stay connected. Like, honest to God, if you ever listen to Jim Ross in particular, that's a lonely dude. Yeah. Like, like lonely dude. And I'm like, damn. Like, I would have never dreamed that. Like, you know. It was just him and his wife for the longest. Like, it just. Right. And then his wife died. Why would you want to hang out with Jim Ross? Like, think I'm, not, I'm not saying that you would want to hang out with Jim Ross. It's just like. I, I don't. I don't know if I'm, I'm if I'm getting at this the way that I'm that I'm trying to. It just that that guy in particular who would talk just about yeah. like an AEW, and that's you know people are like you know he needs to quit. He needs to not be doing commentary anymore on AEW. Whatever. I'll tell you what. It's you talk about things that keep people going. We talked about this with this yeah. man. I don't. It doesn't sound like it'd be good for Jim Ross if he wasn't behind a microphone. Yeah, I could see that. I really could. I don't listen to the show. I did a little bit, but again, it just became just just didn't strike my fancy anymore. Wasn't interested in it. Um, yeah, but I could see that. I, depends. I see it that. depends on the episode. When when he's talking about WWE in the nineties and two thousands and doing those reflection shows, right. it's good stuff. Okay. When when he gets like there, there have been episodes where it turns into an AEW love fest, and those are the ones where it's just like, okay, stop. Yeah, I agree with you though. The whole Ric Flair thing, it's it's people being right, it's social media being social media. It's very stupid. And and I'm with you on all of those points and and will continue to be. Acknowledge me. I do need to 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 go into one thing and and there are just things that happen in the world of professional wrestling and and we're here to point them out when it happens that, you know, quite frankly, it needed to be said. And, and we haven't it needed to be said this week, Patrick O'Dowd. We have long talked about WWE and, 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 and what Vince McMahon has done and what Vince McMahon meant. We talked about it last week, like the, this business wouldn't be here without Vince McMahon and, and all these things about Vince McMahon and how he was at the helm and, and everything else. But, and, and I will forever be that Vince apologist for that reason because we wouldn't be doing any of this if he didn't exist. But it needed to be said, Patrick O'Dowd. I'm ready at this point, only a couple weeks in, to say that he was holding the product back. I don't know for how. Oh long, yeah, but Vince McMahon See, was holding the product back. I feel like this is this is a it, it needed to be said for for just us, like, well, like, maybe, yeah, because. But there are other Vince apologists you know, out there, not just us. Right, right, yeah, yeah. We're not alone, but um. But you're right. Yeah, you're you you know you're just you're even seeing it in the way that like we've the way we've talked about programming in this episode, yeah, and what we've seen as different like out of SummerSlam and Monday Night Raw, um, and in what we've heard coming from folks since Vince's departure, like he was he was hurting his company, which is kind of staggering to think about when you think about how much money hand over fist said company was making um i don't think he was financially hurting the company because i don't think the financials are going to change that much but the product yeah the product but the product itself and like he was creatively hurting his company right i do agree with that and for the longest time i think the excuse that was used was that it didn't matter because it was going to continue to be so successful but now that i've seen it it's like okay it can still be that massive WWE product with right. a different feel creatively and, and can work and can, we can push that talent and we can see, and I haven't watched NXT yet today. 
um, to know if there's been any changes to it. I don't really expect anything because a Shawn Michaels is running it. Triple H and Shawn Michaels have an amazing relationship for a really long period of time. And B, I just don't think it's high on Triple H's priority list right now. He's still got to fix right. the shows that are bringing in billions of dollars and NXT is not that. Um, what's interesting is that when we talked a few, you know, a, a month or so ago, a little over a month ago now, when my wife and I went to see SmackDown and, and the experience we had, and I was like, wait till we go to a house show and you'll see how different it is. I bet even that changes here soon. Like, like what they do yeah. on house shows, you know, Jeff Jarrett has already said he wants to do some things differently. Now he's got Triple H. He's probably going to afford him. Triple H is letting people do their job. And to right. me, that's a big thing. Like Michael Cole oversees the announcing, but it was always Vince. Everybody had their job, but at the end of the day, it was always Vince. And I think Triple H is letting these people do their job. And right. and that and, and that's is, a good feeling to not huge. have what feels like something over your shoulder. Yeah. Or, or, or even just feeling comfortable putting something out there. And knowing that it that that we're gonna give it a run, right? Like, because I'm not saying that people wouldn't put ideas out to Vince, but the way Vince would you just instantly kill something like makes you reluctant to do that, makes yeah. it harder to do that. Oh, and you I gotta agree. really believe in it to fight. Like you gotta really believe in it. And I'm not saying that that changes now, but it does make it. It, it does open. You know, some confidence, I would think. I agree. I think it, it's and, – and I think Vince had the best of intentions in doing that. It was his baby. It was his everything. Right. He felt this level of responsibility if it didn't work. So at the end of the day, he if he made the decision and it didn't work, you couldn't blame others. It was on him. That's like even right. the Montreal Screwdrop, which which we all know that 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 I firmly believe was, was, was a work. I've told everybody – I've said it a million times. And you hear Bruce Pritchard talk about it like he didn't know, the Undertaker didn't know, all these people didn't know. And I believe that. The only difference in my saying Montreal was a work is that I believe Brett knew. That's the only difference. Right. Because Vince didn't tell Bruce, he didn't tell the Undertaker, he didn't tell all those people because he wanted to protect them. That's Vince McMahon. And and to me, that was yep. the same thing. Like if he was, if the buck stopped with him, he was protecting everybody else because USA was only ever going to blame Vince. Everybody's only ever going to blame yep. Vince. And, and, and that's, and Vince kind of took that. That shield is gone, but that shield probably wasn't really needed. And, and that's what I, what I see now. And, and Triple H can let people do that. Dana White, and, and I made this comparison somewhere like to me, seeing Triple H do these media interviews when I saw him talk during the tryout in Nashville. Yeah, I remember. About, yeah, I remember. Yeah. It, literally, I was just like, this guy reminds me of Dana White. And Dana White has a huge operation with a ton of people and he trusts them to do their job. And that's the same thing as, as Triple H. The big major things are still going to run through Hunter, just like they run through Dana. But everything else, is people are going to get to do their job. And that, to me, is the biggest change. Like, everybody's going to point to, you know, so-and-so brought back this happening. But to me, the biggest change is Triple H is going to let people do their job. And it also tells you he knew. Mm -hmm. He knew what the problem was all along. But he was never in yep. a position to change it, so why bother? Then miraculously, he's in a position to change it. Something that developed, and you know, in the last days, and now it's changed. And 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 where we were wrong is is at least me. I was just like, it's going to take a while. But I think Triple H realized I don't have a while. 
Like right. People are looking for this change now. Kind of, kind of full circle yeah. back on where you started the show, man. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like he had to do it now because six weeks from now he might have lost some people. Now he's still going to continue to do things. I think it was like, what can we do to impact now? What can we do to impact later? Like we'll continue to see things long term. So yeah, it's it's a show me, right? It's a show me show. Yeah. I got to show folks where this what where we're going. And he is and, showing the fuck out. And, and yeah, and he's and he's doing it. He's doing it. As quickly as you can. Yep. And who knows what we're so. going to call this era at some point in the future, but it's going to be great. And um, um, I'm very good. Bow bow down to the king. Yeah, we might have to bust his music back. I'm going to have to find it somewhere at some point in time. So that will wrap things up for this week's edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. We appreciate you listening. Hopefully, we've continued to do what we do best, which is offer some different perspective on the same stuff that everybody's talking about. Um, because we got to talk about these things, especially right now. But, um, you know, we try to be realistic and we try to give you a different perspective on what's going on. Hopefully, you've appreciated that. Go out there and follow Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist. You all know the drill. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. I'm at ChairShot. Greg, the website's at ChairShot Media. It's TheChairShot.com. 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 Always use your head. Lots of great shows on the network. Go back and listen to the second part two, anyway, of the Villain Draft on Bandwagon Nerds. Last week, we dropped a, a classic episode, but a little preview for you of a new show coming to the network called The New Force Order. Thanks to our good friend, the Greek god Papadon. They will be featured on the network here soon on Thursday evenings. So get ready for that. Lots of great content coming around, and and, and we're excited to bring it to you. So much more. You know the drill. Go to thechairshot.com, subscribe, do everything, listen to it, and we have lots of fun. What next week will bring us? Who the hell knows? We'll get back to doing the list next week and so much more, but uh, I think the time period and what's going on with the newness, with, with with the fresh start and the things coming to an end in the world of professional wrestling, I think is good. I will say this, Patrick O'Dowd, I really do think Flair's done. I don't think he wrestles again. I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, I'm very okay. You know, if this if this and if this is what he needed, yeah, and like like we talked about before, didn't hurt anybody. No, it really didn't. And that's the biggest thing. It really, really didn't. So I'm down. Everybody's down. We'll see what happens after this. Until next week, though, he's Patrick O'Dowd. I'm Greg DeMarco. And we're reminding you to do something. And that's always use your head. It's a shameful thing. Lost your head. You got no choice, babe. Acknowledge me!